Hey, y'all. I just wanted to jump in at the beginning of this and let you know, as you will hear, we did record this podcast at the beginning of February, and it is nearing the end of February now. We have been trying to get together to re-record because we just spiraled into exhaustion at the end of our original recording and we were going to re-record the whole thing and instead we've decided to split it into two podcasts. So the first one, this one, will be the spoon theory and our next one will be the fork theory. We also wanted to add that I am Tiffany, my pronouns are she, her, and the other amazing human is Iris, and their pronouns are she and they. Thank you so much for listening and hanging in there with us as we navigate figuring out how to podcast. Enjoy. Hi. Hello, friend. How are you? Uh, we are here. How are you? Um, same. Yeah. <laughs> same. Um, Happy February 2nd. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's Groundhog's Day. What happened? Do you know? Does anyone know? Um, I don't. Did ground did the groundhog just say this is 2020 part two? I'm out and like not even appear. I mean, there's a good chance. Um, all I saw of it was somebody say like, "Why is this even happening?" Somebody needed to read the room before they put that on the calendar. <laughs> and uh, oh, what was the other thing? Oh, something about us listening to mammals instead of scientists about the weather. Um, I don't even know how this originated. I bet you do, because you know all kinds of fun facts. Oh, do I? It's, I still Listen, love the idea, it's though. It's probably in there, though. I but, do, yeah. I do love it. Oh, my God. Okay, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. I can't even pronounce this groundhog's name. Punksutani? Well, how do you say it? Pun- I think. What did you what did the punksta Oh now I can't say it. Crap. Punkstatani. Punks punk that looks but that looks right. Well anywho, he saw his shadow, so we're supposed to have six more weeks of winter. Well, so you're welcome. That's so I'm not listening to him. <laughs> so there's that. All right, Phil. You are no longer credible. How many times okay, has grandpa right. been wrong? oh Oh, my goodness well that was fun i didn't know that today was the second (laughs) (laughs) phil has been correct only 39 percent of the time since uh 1987 when they started tracking hey that was a great year that's the year i was born (laughs) yay (laughs) well that was informative. They've been doing this since 1887. What? Only 19 times. 
has Phil not seen his shadow? This seems rigged. <laughs> it, it seems like nonsense, and why do we listen to a groundhog? <laughs> because it's so absurdly amazing. I, I don't even... It makes no sense to me in any way, but it's so fun. Because I would like to just turn... Superstition. Oh. Well, I want to turn over all of my big decisions to just random animals. And like, if you do this, then I'll do this. And that way, I don't have to use any spoons to make decisions. So... (laughs) This is a really bad theory. (laughs) This isn't a good idea. But no, it's not a good idea, but it sounds it's, really fun. <laughs> it does sound fun. I'm also like an hour away from my bedtime. So this is this is what you get before I go to bed. <laughs> yes. Apparently this was brought over from German speaking areas where they listen to a badger. I do love wait. No, it's beavers. I love beavers. They're so cute. And badgers are pretty cute too. Why are you crying at me? Okay. It's really okay. I um think we can move on from <laughs> I mean, I don't know, honestly. I'm really enjoying just talking about small, adorable animals. Um mm-hmm. making, you know, decisions for millions of people. Um <clears throat> but something I wanna say up top because I don't want to forget is uh, Yes, it is February. And yes, our tramblings said that we would aim for an episode a month and there was not one for January. And guess what? We do what we want. It, I still don't really even understand how January happened. Like, yes. Listen, y'all, January was like three years. There was too much. It truly truly no spoons for january can you not that was a sound i have a cranky sleepy puppy behind me who is really upset that i am one not in the regular room and two he was comfortable and then i started like puttering and now yeah yeah, just confused. It's- I also make that sound when I'm confused. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but one thing that we are going to stick with that was said in the last episode is that this one, we're going to go over the spoon and fork theories. So for those who don't know what they are or think they do but like aren't sure because I'm not gonna lie I thought I knew what the spoon theory was and then I read it again and cried because I didn't retain it in its entirety or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be but yeah I think it's good to revisit things um because it really like you can only hold on to so much information at once and if you keep going back to it then you're going to get a little bit more every time exactly and now I have to find somewhere to put the information that in Germany 
they use badgers instead of groundhogs because that's really important information that I need to know. Or when it started. Damn it, see, I already forgot. I, you know, <laughs> I'm sure that at some point I will get like super fixated on this and give you an entire like book about it, but I need it. I need it. I appreciate that. Maybe that'll be something I do in March or like yes. next February. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> um so in instead of trying to paraphrase and summarize the spoon theory i have opted to just read it it is two pages and she they or uh i'm gonna say she but it could be they i actually don't know wrote it so beautifully that I don't even want to try. Yeah. So, um, so snuggle in. This is um, my attempt at being like an uh, audiobook reader, whatever. It's not that serious, but <laughs> <sighs> all right, here we go. So, the spoon theory is by Christine Miserandino of ButYouDon'tLookSick.com. And I will put the link to this in the show notes as soon as I figure out how to do that. I know that's a thing. It will be there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this was published in 2003. So, it's been around for a very long time. Much longer than I I thought. Yeah, it's, I didn't either. I'm like, wow, that's, um, that's a long time. And yeah. All right. So the spoon theory, my best friend and I were in the diner talking as usual. It was very late and we were eating French fries with gravy. Like normal girls, our age, we spent a lot of time in the diner while in college. And most of the time we spent talking about boys music or trivial things that seemed important to me at the time we never got serious about anything in particular and spent most of our time laughing as i went to take some of my medicine with a snack as i usually did she watched me with an awkward kind of stare instead of continuing the conversation she then asked me out of the blue what it felt like to have lupus and to be sick i was shocked not only because she asked the random question but Also, because I assumed she knew all there was to know about lupus. She came to doctors with me. She saw me walk with a cane and throw up in the bathroom. She had seen me cry in pain. What else was there to know? I started to ramble on about pills and aches and pains, but she kept pursuing and didn't seem satisfied with my answers. I was a little surprised as being my roommate in college and friend for years. I thought she already knew the medical definition of lupus. Then she looked at me with a face every sick person knows well, the face of pure curiosity about something no one healthy can truly understand. She asked what it felt like, not physically, but what it felt like to be me, to be sick. As I tried to gain my composure, I glanced around the table for help or guidance, or at least to stall for time to think. I was trying to find the right words. How do I answer a question I never was able to answer for myself? How do I explain every detail of every day being affected and give the emotions a sick person goes through with clarity? I could have given up, cracked a joke like I usually do and changed the subject. But I remember thinking, if I don't try to explain this, 
How could I ever expect her to understand? If I can't explain this to my best friend, how could I explain my world to anyone else? I had to at least try. At that moment, the spoon theory was born. I quickly grabbed every spoon on the table. Hell, I grabbed spoons off of the other tables. I looked at her in the eyes and said, here you go. You have lupus. She looked at me slightly confused, as anyone would when they are being handed a bouquet of spoons. The cold metal spoons clanked in my hands as I grouped them together and shoved them into her hands. I explained that the difference in being sick and being healthy is having to make choices or to consciously think about things when the rest of the world doesn't have to. The healthy have the luxury of a life without choices, a gift most people take for granted. Most people start the day with unlimited amount of possibilities and energy to do whatever they desire, especially young people. For the most part, they do not need to worry about the effects of their actions. So for my explanation, I used spoons to convey this point. I wanted something for her to actually hold, for me to take, for me to then take away, since most people who get sick feel a loss of a life they once knew. If I was in control of taking away the spoons, then she would know how it feels to have someone or something else, in this case lupus, being in control. She grabbed the spoons with excitement. She didn't understand what I was doing, but she was always up for a good time. So I guess she thought I was cracking a joke of some kind like I usually do when talking about touchy topics. Little did she know how serious I would become. I asked her to count her spoons. She asked why. And I explained that when you are healthy, you expect to have a never-ending supply of spoons. But when you have to now plan your day, you need to know exactly how many spoons you're starting with. It doesn't guarantee that you might not lose some along the way, but at least it helps to know where you're starting. She counted out 12 spoons. She laughed and said she wanted more. I said no, and I knew right away that this little game would work. When she looked disappointed, and we hadn't even started yet. I've wanted more spoons for years and haven't found a way yet to get more. Why should she? I also told her to always be conscious of how many spoons she had and not to drop them because she can never forget that she has lupus. I asked her to lift off the tasks of her day, including the most simple. As she rattled off daily chores or just fun things to do, I explained how each one would cost her a spoon. When she jumped right into getting ready for work as her first task of the morning, I cut her off and took away a spoon. I practically jumped down her throat. I said, no, you don't just get up. You have to crack open your eyes and then realize you're late. You didn't sleep well the night before. You have to crawl out of bed. Then you have to make yourself something to eat before you can do anything else. Because if you don't, you can't take your medicine. And if you don't take your medicine, you might as well give up all your spoons for today and tomorrow too. I quickly took away a spoon and she realized she hasn't even gotten dressed yet. Showering cost her a spoon just for washing her hair and shaving her legs. Reaching high and low that early in the morning could actually cost more than one spoon, but I figured I'd give her a break. I didn't want to scare her right away. Getting dressed was worth another spoon. I stopped her and broke down every task to show her how every little detail needs to be thought about. You cannot simply just throw clothes on when you're sick. I explained that I have to see what clothes I can physically put on. If my hands hurt that day, buttons are out of the question. If I have bruises that day, I need to wear long sleeves. And if I have a fever, I need a sweater to stay warm and so on. If my hair is falling out, I need to spend more time to look presentable. 
And then you need to factor in another five minutes for feeling badly that it took you two hours to do all of this. I think she was starting to understand when she theoretically didn't even go to work and she was left with six spoons. I then explained to her that she needed to choose the rest of her day wisely since when your spoons are gone, they are gone. Sometimes you can borrow against tomorrow's spoons, but just think how hard tomorrow will be with less spoons. I also needed to explain that a person who is sick always lives with the looming thought that tomorrow may want to run low on spoons because you never know when you truly will need them. I didn't want to depress her, but I needed to be realistic. And unfortunately, being prepared for the worst is part of a real day for me. We went through the rest of the day, and she slowly learned that skipping lunch would cost her a spoon, as well as standing on a train, or even typing at her computer too long. She was forced to make choices and think about things differently. Hypothetically, she had to choose not to run errands so that she could eat dinner that night. When we got to the end of her pretend day, she said that she was hungry. I summarized that she had to eat dinner, but she only had one spoon left. If she cooked, she wouldn't have enough energy to clean the pots. If she went out for dinner, she might be too tired to drive home safely. Then I also explained that I didn't even bother to add into this game that she was so nauseous that cooking was probably out of the question anyway. So she decided to make soup. It was easy. I then said it was only 7 p.m. You have the rest of the night, but maybe end up with one spoon so you can do something fun or clean your apartment or do chores, but you can't do it all. I rarely see her emotional, so when I saw her upset, I knew maybe I was getting through to her. I didn't want my friend to be upset, but at the same time, I was happy to think, finally, maybe, someone understood me a little bit. She had tears in her eyes and asked quietly, Christine, how do you do it? Do you really do this every day? I explained that some days were worse than others. Some days I have more spoons than most, but I can never make it go away, and I can't forget about it. I always have to think about it. I handed her a spoon I had been holding in reserve. I said simply, I have learned to live life with an extra spoon in my pocket, in reserve. You need to always be prepared. It's hard. The hardest thing I've ever had to learn is to slow down and not do everything. I fight this to this day. I hate feeling left out, having to choose to stay home or to not get things done that I want to. I wanted her to feel that frustration. I wanted her to understand that everything everyone else does comes so easy. But for me, it is 100 little jobs in one. I need to think about the weather, my temperature that day, and the whole day's plans before I can attack any one given thing. When other people can simply do things, I have to attack it and make a plan like I am strategizing a war. It is in that lifestyle, the difference between being sick and healthy. It is the beautiful ability to not think and just do. I miss that freedom. I miss never having to count spoons. After we were emotional and talked about this for a little while longer, I sensed that she was sad. Maybe she finally understood. Maybe she realized that she could never truly and honestly say she understands. But at least now she might not complain so much when I can't go out for dinner some nights or when I never seem to make it to her house and she always has to drive to mine. I gave her a hug when we walked out of the diner. I had the one spoon in my hand and I said, don't worry. I see this as a blessing. I've been forced to think about everything I do. Do you know how many spoons people waste every day? I don't have room for wasted time or wasted spoons. And I choose to spend this time with you. 
Ever since this night, I have used the spoon theory to explain my life to many people. In fact, my family and friends refer to spoons all the time. It has been a code word for what I can and cannot do. Once people understand the spoon theory, they seem to understand me better. But I also think they live their life a little differently, too. I think it isn't just good for understanding lupus, but anyone dealing with any disability or illness. Hopefully, they don't take so much for granted or their life in general. I give a piece of myself in every sense of the word when I do anything. It has become an inside joke. I've become famous for saying to people jokingly that they should feel special when I spend time with them because they have one of my spoons. It has been a very, very long time. I don't know if I've ever actually, like, read the whole thing through. Um... (sighs) Yeah. So, that's the spoon theory. I, I know, I'm like, I the reason I read it is because there's really not much I can add to it. No, I mean, it really encompasses it. <laughs> it just completely on its own. Like, all we would be doing would be switching lupus for our specific illnesses. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm just grateful to her for having spent... I don't even know how many spoons even coming up with that <laughs> because it, it just encompasses yeah. it beautifully. And I appreciate that that is out in the world and helps so many people understand what it's like to live with a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, made such a huge difference for both of us in managing our own illnesses days everything Um, absolutely to really have that understanding that you know no my energy is really finite there's not it's frustrating it's maddening um but also it keeps the I want to say self-hatred, but I don't think that's the right word, but just the, like, the personal anger at myself for being sick um, is not as strong when I remember that it's not that I'm intentionally not doing these things, it's that I physically can't. Yeah, exactly. And it does like I struggle with this part of what she says, but on good days, I'm able to see how it does help be more mindful and intentional of what you know is done in a given day and what mm-hmm. truly matters. Um, And that for me is, is really helpful because it also helps me to just live 
my life more authentically and like is this actually something I want to be focusing any energy on whatsoever like is this even mine that I want or you know is this something that like I a thought or a thing I inherited or society or whatever it might be with um bringing that level of intention like really out of the sort of subconscious um because we can't we can't do all the things so like what (laughs) what just needs to be taken completely out of rotation are the things that just get yeah. saved for those um, <laughs> those magical infinite spoon days. <laughs> oh, those are fun. <laughs> I love them. I pay for them, but they're, <laughs> they're very fun. Yeah, so in that things good lord um let's see if i can convince him to come elsewhere come here um (laughs) do you want to come lay down in your bed this this is like (laughs) this dog takes so many spoons but also gives me spoons back and it's just a game that we play now (laughs) because you're a baby and you need to go sleep (laughs) go on go on Um, so what I was going to say since you have sort of added this into your life um, this concept of an understanding of spoon theory um, have you noticed I would say, what is the the thing that you've noticed the biggest change? Um, And have you noticed a deeper understanding with the people around you for your experience when you explain this to them? Hmm. I've definitely noticed other people having a better understanding when... I explain or just send them the spoon theory to kind of condense my life Mm -hmm. on any given day. And I, I still, I do still struggle with not being able to do it all. And oftentimes I will still push myself and I'm learning to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, because when I do, it results in a total, like a total <laughs> system failure. It's like, can't compute, we're done. Like, you are now going to have to sleep for like a week <laughs> because. <laughs> 
this because this is what we need right now because eventually one day you will learn <laughs> that you can't do all of the things and you don't have to do all of the things and um so it is i'm still navigating the balance of the spoon theory in my daily life. I think that makes sense. I don't think, and I could be wrong. Who knows? Um, but for me personally, I don't think that there's going to be a day where I'm like, oh, yes, I understand it. Now I know how to be chronically ill. Because, um, <laughs> like, you know, for one, we live in a society that does not tolerate the idea of people not being productive. Um, so it's really hard I think for the average human to not try and like push through for the sake of you know being a good little worker bee but when you add in all of the extra that one could potentially have to make it like even more um of a weight to need to prove your your um, words yes worthy of being a human um, it's just hard There, there's no like you know this is why we go to therapy so that not that it magically gets better but so that at least we can you know continuously work on bringing ourselves to a point where we don't hold ourselves to blame for being sick or, you know, so that we can catch ourselves maybe a little bit faster. So we're not hitting those lows as deeply or as heavily as for as long. Um, so it's helpful. It's definitely I think a life-changing sort of tool for those of us who don't have any concept of like not just running into the ground yes i'm over here nodding <laughs> but see, this but is not this is not a vision i know this is not a visual <laughs> medium nobody can see me <laughs> oh, oh god funny I that so much. um Oh, but yes, it's, it's always comforting in like this awful way to know that other people understand how this feels. And I wish nobody understood because I wish it wasn't a thing. And yet um, it's the weirdest sort of solidarity. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a balm to know that you're not crazy or failing um but it also like i don't want you to be here with me i hate that you understand but thanks for understanding all right that's the end of part one of the spoon and fork theories we will be back in your feed next month with the rest take care of you